Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Benami, a.k.a. The Idea Factory, in the house tonight on the spaceship. One week out of New York Comic Con, and I'm joined in the spaceship as always by Satiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Stiletto Stunner. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, LOIC bid you up on the Stiletto Stunner mm-hmm. name. Trying to bring earlier. it back. Yep, yep, I like that. And also saying wow, sitting in the corner is Chico Leo. I'm now the Jaguar Prince. Yeah, I heard that on special delivery yeah. this week. I like that. The so, Jaguar yeah, Prince. You're looking kind of fresh though, Lico. Yeah. Like Chico. Yeah, no. Lico Chico. Lico Loco Chico. <laughs> Chico, Chico Leo the, the Leopard. Yep. Chico the Hunter, even. That's right. Yes, yes. And also on the spaceship tonight, we have a very special guest, man. There's not many words I could say about this man right here. He's definitely one of my inspirations. One of the reasons I'm probably doing Fan Bros Show right now, Jay Smooth is in the building. Give him a big round of applause. How y'all doing? Yes, right, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Woo, welcome. Yes. Welcome. Right. Salon.com's 2008, one of the sexiest men alive. Yeah, I, I wish I could oh, scratch yeah. I, I wish I could wipe that off. I was still internet. blogging then. How did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> How did I not do a long post about that? Right. <laughs> I was like, you knew I had. To, you, you knew That's I was going to say that it. keeps coming back. Oh, wow. Man. I can get that off my it. Wikipedia entry. Yeah, but it's on your Wikipedia too. It is on his Wikipedia. Well, you have a Wikipedia. That's the first thing you know. I ain't made it there yet. Yeah. But but for those who don't know, you are known as one of uh, a very great hip hop blogger. You're a DJ. Uh, you're a commenter on social injustice and things like that nature is that true you could say that you i mean my that? background is in hip-hop i started doing my radio show back in 91 Ooh. the underground railroad new york's longest running hip-hop show so i got to be a part of building new york's underground scene back mm-hmm. in the 90s along with my other radio family bobito awesome Two, uh, martin moore and mayhem down at nyu so i got to witness a lot of hip-hop history and in the more recent digital era you know i've gotten to be a part of the conversation both on hip-hop and about other issues i care about you know like killer mike says politics and social justice always been a passion and a hobby for me and uh you know having a platform online to talk about whatever you want i've been blessed to become a part of the conversation on that too yeah shouts to ill doctrine i know you're host of that a hip-hop video blog yep yeah i get it i'm actually probably starting a new partnership with that soon i don't want to jinx it by giving details yet nice. you, should, nice. you should be seeing more ill doctors real soon yeah i got a quick story to tell about jay like it's so funny to me to even hear your voice sitting here because i back when i was really hardcore blogging you know i used to post all your videos used to watch all your videos were just so inspired by them and so when we invited you on the show the other day i was like yes you know we got jay in here we're gonna get to talk everything and then I didn't hear back from you at first. So I was like, damn, like, he hit you with the man, curve. what happened? You know, we was talking and then it was just like, you know, blank. <laughs> and then um, we had the live event last week with Gene Gray and Quelle Chris. Right. And then watched Jay's move at the very beginning of it, stands in front, watches us go through this whole live event, you know, that we struggled to put on that hopefully everybody enjoyed. It was dope, by the way. Oh, thank you very thank much. You, thank you very catered. much. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have wine. <laughs> yeah. Got that Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> yeah, boy, the hipster no, beer champagne there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, so it was all going on. And then, you know, you sat through it, you know, we're front row. I could mm-hmm. see you enjoying it. So it was just crazy to see somebody who inspired me come into, you know, something we're doing. So thank you very much for that. Did you yeah. get any good parting gifts? 
I did not get any good oh. party. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a few glasses of champagne. So, right. You know, that's we're gonna hook you up. We're gonna yeah. hook you. Yeah, up. we definitely have to get you a listen to Fan Bros T-shirt and all that yes. good stuff. So, what is going on, Tatiana? Boy, we've had a huge week. Huge week. New York Comic Con 2014 was a huge success, and we have the footage to prove it. Yes. If you go on fanbros.com right now, you'll see mad galleries. We also have mad video of cosplay. We're going to have videos up of all of our interviews with all the celebs there. And please big up DJ Ben Amin because he did a fabulous job with these cosplay videos. He worked so hard to make sure that every scene changed on each beat. (laughs) Like, big this man up, man. Not just on beats, but all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, we got uh, videos of cosplay. There's two up on fanbros.com. They're like 10 minutes long, filled with music. Shout out to Con Kane, who provided the beats. My boy Mark Infinite, who provided beats. And, you know, they're up there now. They're Mm -hmm. dope. You get to see all the cosplay. We also have, I mean, hundreds, literally hundreds of pictures of cosplay up there. Interviews coming soon. Chico Leo's Man on the Street interviews with various characters at Comic-Con. Chico, what was your favorite moment of New York Comic Con? Uh, my favorite moment of New York Comic Well, all right. So at, at, at the con, I, I think, uh, uh, well. When, when you bought that hat? Yeah, yeah. no. I was going to say, actually, so <laughs> I, I got a signed. You didn't even see this, Ben. I got a signed uh, autographed picture of Gina, uh, of Gina Torres from. Uh, you did, from Firefly. Yeah, from Firefly ah, and Alias. Nice. And so that, that might have been, that, that was uh, a, a nice moment because it, it had been $50 and then I got it when it was marked <laughs> down to $40. So I felt like not only did I get an autographed uh, th- uh, Gina Torres picture, but I got $10 in the bargain. So, you know. All right. That sounds pretty good. But, nice. uh, yeah, that's not. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We, we, for those, <laughs> who, okay, for yeah. those who want to hear Chico's other story, listen to this week's special delivery. No, I was thinking, yeah. I was it's even, definitely a classic. Right. You, you need to hear this one, as well as the Walking Dead recap. But, oh, my God, go listen to it for Chico's story alone. Tatiana, what about you? What was your favorite moment? I would say, you guys are going to see this soon, me interviewing Mike Tyson and Michael Jai White. Yes. I think I had a, I had, well, not think, I know that I had a blast. And I think you guys will enjoy the video as well. Most definitely. Yeah, that was definitely, you know, great moments getting to meet Mike Tyson, getting to meet Black Dynamite himself. Yes. Yeah. um, And you? Man, I don't know. There was a lot of great things that happened at this Comic-Con. I can't say... I mean, that's one of them. <laughs> but then, you know, LYC also got to meet Robert Kurtman. Oh, mm. uh, I finally caught um, Jamie McKelvey and Kieran Gillen, the creators of Young Avengers yes. and Phonogram and The Wicked and Divine. Yes. I got a picture with them. They agreed to be on the show. And that was probably one of my biggest moments because I've been stalking them for months. So, you know, it was, it was great that it turned you out. Say, I'm a real person behind the keyboard. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really here. <laughs> I got their book signed. I got a T-shirt from them. Uh, shout out to Nick Patera. Mm-hmm. He gave me an illo. He's the artist behind um, the Manhattan Projects. We got an interview with him, me and LOYC. And then he laced us both. This is my first time ever having this, is a piece of original art mm. from the book. Wow. Yeah. So I've never had a piece of original That's like art. exclusive. So people don't just oh, get that. Nah, you know, Nick is from Houston. So me and Elo got to speak about Houston with him. You know, we had that connection. And he, at the end of it all, he was like, here, whoop, whoop. And so. Wow. Yeah, me and him both got pages for the Manhattan Projects. You're one lucky man. Yes. Yeah, so read the Manhattan Projects, folks. It's an awesome book. You've heard me talk about it on here for yep. months and months on end. It is still amazing. That's not just saying that because I got free art from Nick. <laughs> yeah. Word up. 
So, oh, man. But, you know, there's one thing I did have to say about Comic-Con that made me realize something else that's going on that we need to talk about is the preponderance of old white men in the comic book industry. Like, (laughs) like, I I do want to say that this year's Comic-Con, we were there last year, and this year I definitely feel like it was much more diverse. Oh, absolutely. A lot lot more women, a lot more people of color. Wait, are you saying in in behind the scenes or in the, the, you know, behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, Yeah. what, like old white men cosplayers? Oh, no, there was a few of those, though. Yeah, there were a few. Zangief. Yeah, Zangief, big ups. Yeah. But, no, I... Like I went when we met at mm-hmm. Solanzo, we were at the Marvel luncheon. Well, we were kind of at the Marvel luncheon. You know, we weren't actually in there, but we, we were observing the Marvel luncheon. Observing, and, yes. And there was, <laughs> you know, it. I, I mean, it was like Peter David was there. I mean, bunch of great writers mm-hmm. who I grew up on. But you just realize how it's like how much of that industry is really old white men. And, you know, even though you see more diversity in, you know, like more cosplayers, more people, more artists everyone more women more people of color in general yeah. it's still a very old boys club yeah I, you know the thing about that is that in many places of power it it's always an old boys club uh, if old boys club if you will and it's just a matter of time and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of presence and um support from the old boys club to or, or individuals within that who can make some moves open some doors, crack open some windows to get people of color and, and people of different genders and races and all that stuff to get in there. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And, like, it's like the um, SNL, Saturday Night Live, had a skit a couple of weeks ago, I think it is now, where they were talking about white people have, like, 50 or 60 years left, you know, of running the country. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. You, I don't so, know about that. but I mean, you know, it's it's just because of the racial makeup of America is yeah. changing so much that it's going to be very tough for them to remain, you know, like, in power and to get voted into power. In a lot of places, and and that generation is kind of on its way out. Yeah, I mean, like the Peter the Davids and Chris yes. Claremonts. And oh stuff like man, that. like Chris yeah. Claremont was on the end, charging five dollars an autograph. There was <laughs> no one there. there. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. I grew up yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't say per se white people are on the way out of power. I would say that generation. Yeah, right. Definitely. So that generation is moving out, and I think the one that comes up will have more women. Will have more. You know what I mean? More people of color. There will be, and it's a slow. It's a slow. You know. Slow. Yeah. Slow. Erosion or power. Yeah, slow erosion or, yeah, I mean, that, that there's like, I got a weird implication. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true, though. It is true. All right, you know, we, we talked about Comic-Con. We got a huge episode ahead of us. We got Jace Move here. So we're going to take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back with more things. Hey, what's up, Fan Bros? When you're not listening to the latest episode of Fan Bros, you can always head over to fanbros.com and check out our extensive library of episodes. We've had Juno Diaz, Prodigy from Mob Deep, DMC of Run DMC, and all kind of other people. Go on over to fanbros.com right now and check out that library. It's so many dope episodes. Yo, go crazy listening to them. And welcome back, Internet, to a very special episode of Fan Bros Show. Like we were just saying, we were just talking about Comic-Con. You can get all of our updates at fanbros.com. There's video, there's interviews, there's all kind of stuff. There's pictorials. It is awesome. Go check it out. And like we were just saying, talking about Comic-Con, you know, and the fact that the industry is still run by a certain group of people, there has been a huge controversy in the gaming world this week. Or actually, it's been for brewing. For the last couple months. Yeah, it's been brewing yep. for a couple months, but it really blew up again this week. And unfortunately, folks, we are talking about Gamergate. And Hashtag. 
Yeah, hashtag Gamergate and its implications and what has been going on with it. And Tatiana, I, I think you're a little more incensed than I am so far. So, you know, why, why don't you give the people just a quick, you know. Uh, okay, so... Yes, it's been going on for a couple months, and I will be honest with you, I was been following it the whole time and still didn't have a full grasp on it until this morning. Yep. I read a pleasant article on Deadspin this morning, which actually outlined the pretty much the entire thing from start to finish. And Gamergate is a very weird beast. It it has, it, I don't even want to say it morphed. It, it, it came from a place of um, negativity. Yes. It was started or sparked let's say, by um, a gentleman, and, and you can put in his name later. I can't even remember I, his I, name right. to, to get but it. Uh, Jace move? E-Ron. E-Ron something, right? Uh, I mean, if you type Gamergate into Google. You there you go. Right. Yeah. You'll, so you'll so, so, so this gentleman, he put up a very, very, very long post basically shaming his ex. Um, there was a lot of... Um, accusations in the post about, you know, how she did him wrong, how she cheated on him, this, that, and the third. I mean, let me just say this. The post is amazing. The it reads like, uh, what was that dude, the the Unabomber? Like, yeah. it, it reads yeah, like his manifesto. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah, very it direct like, missive about how this woman did it him wrong. It is epic. And, and she, about she this woman is, is a game maker, and she made it, she suffers from depression, yeah. and she made a game about depression, or it was dep- a depression-related game that isn't like other games. Yeah. So she also got attacked in addition to by him by when she released the game. Game, just in general. Yeah. So yeah. she had already been attacked when when this happened. Yeah, so it was one of those things. It's like this is a social commentary game. It's not a real game. Right. Yeah. So she right. Be getting so this so much to hype. to link that. So the guy did this whole post, and you know, like he mentioned that one of the things that this woman allegedly did was cheat on him with a video game reviewer, who then went on to allegedly review give her give her game favorable reviews does this game about depression favorable reviews and so on and so forth this morphed into somehow somehow in the in the depths of 4chan and all those places somehow this this i don't know this this group this dark group came about and latched on the net and said you know what we're going to create a movement that puts um you know that polices journalism video game journalism to be exact because this is the type of injustice that we're facing in the video game world we're facing issues where we have people sleeping for good reviews <laughs> sleeping around for good reviews no but that, that which part, is one tiny part of this whole thing right but i think wasn't there some i mean people have been saying that there there is like a collusion between the big magazines and companies there's, that review yes, video collusion. games and, and the video game companies. And I'll companies. explain that further. There's collusion not just about just video games and many, many different things that get covered when it comes to music, sure. NFL. Yep. There's Films. collusion. Film. Right. There are there are pockets of collusion with uh, from 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 people like bloggers or marketers and 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 the organizations. For instance, I, I mentioned NFL. ESPN and NFL have a very symbiotic relationship there. In a way, the ESPN is almost NFL's marketing department. Yeah. So and 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 it's kind of hard to figure out where where the NFL stops, where the ESPN begins, and that's what they're trying to say is also happening or has but happened. That's, but that's actually community. but that's actually not what they're protesting. That's they're, an that's an important right, point to be clear. Right. Not, not, right. They're not protesting they're, all that high level. They're not collusion with the big game right. companies. Okay. Right. They're trying to people at least the people who who are trying to make this 
more into a high level thing. They're trying to say, oh, we're protesting because we see this collusion and we think this is wrong. But that's not what's actually happening. What they're talking about is these small peripheral instances yep. of some indie game maker getting some extra little bit of attention. Right. And their evidence of collusion is mostly based on these vague insinuations about some kind of sultry sleaziness. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not even most of it even really being proven. But it's also such scant, flimsy bits of evidence of an amount of just gray area and overlap and things that you could call collusion or corruption if you want. But it's at a level that you're always going to see in any form of media where people are reviewing something that they're also a fan of. We've all been in the music industry, in the media. Any any music critics, any movie critics, there's always going to be some amount of that type of overlap mm-hmm. in much bigger ways than these little examples that, that like a couple of people gave to a Patreon of some indie game maker. Mm-hmm. Someone supposedly slept with someone who didn't. And the guy's name, I think, is Nathan Grayson, a writer who didn't even review the game Never in question. Game. He wrote one sentence about it in an overview of new games that are coming out. Right. It's all these little tiny things that they're patching together and arguing about it being some grand conspiracy, some Alex Jones-level conspiracy, except that Alex Jones, even though I don't agree with him, he makes up conspiracy theories about important issues in the world that matter. This grand conspiracy that's a crisis-level thing that we have to wage war on is about video game reviews. Yeah. (laughs) AllenIverson.gif. What are we talking about here? Right. Video game reviews. Africa is facing 10,000 people a week dying from Ebola in these next couple of months. There are young black people in Ferguson starting a whole new movement to protect their own lives. We're getting ready to get mired in another war in the Middle East. The climate is falling apart. Mass incarceration rates are through the roof. And these people are staying up all night coming into IRC chat rooms and message boards strategizing how they can email advertisers about video game reviews. Bars. And when they're not doing that, they're you know issuing death threats to people who are speaking at schools in Utah. Uh, right, well, no, so so this woman basically got driven from her home, her and many, her family. Oh, many, a few women. Many, yeah, many. there's a couple, yeah. and I know that I knew at least one other. Zoe uh, Quinn, yeah, Brianna yeah, right, Wu. Right, Brianna Wu and, and Zoe. Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah. Anita, Anita Sarkeesian. So, so Anita Sarkeesian is, uh, she's femi- she runs Feminist, Feminist Frequency, frequency yeah. um, blogger, and she was speaking at the University of Utah. We're supposed to give a speech about, about, about Gamergate, and they got a death threat, or they got numerous death threats and bomb threats, but one of them specifically, several referenced Gamergate, but one of them specifically said, if she, if you let her speak, it's going to be the worst school shooting in American history. But what's so insane was that the Utah police, because it's a it's a open carry state. it's an open carry state, they wouldn't, but but they wouldn't actually either allow metal detectors or search for. You know, uh, firearms. Well, but like hidden firearms, you know? And so she had to cancel the thing. And that's like some chilling, chilling, chilling. About video game. Right. And so several people have, well, now it's morphed into definitely just misogyny when they're attacking, you know, her. It's been um, misogyny morph. I think it's been about misogyny. I guess from the from the beginning. I mean, I think I think we I, we should be precise because they'll pick at any little thing yeah. you say. We should be precise. It's not a monolithic entity, right? And it's by the way, it's moved to eight chan from four chan. Yeah. Because even four chan couldn't deal with how foul it was. But <laughs> look, there's a subset of it that is actively harassing and abusing and basically using terroristic threats. Correct. There are other people in it who aren't harassing critics of sexism and harassing women, but a big part of their motivation is that they resent what they see as the imposition of a social justice agenda Mm -hmm. 
on the video gaming world. So that they're not actively harassing, but they wish that critics of sexism would go away, well, and that's a big part of it. And they've also brought people in who just genuinely are buying into the uh, collusion journalistic ethics thing. Like there's mm-hmm. a there's a mix of people in it for different reasons. What they all have in common is that the substance of their argument that there's some crisis level journalistic ethics issue makes no sense when you look at it closely. It, it, it comes there's a very similarity to the Tea Party. Like the Tea Party has mm-hmm. all these different people coming together, and the one thing commonality they have is they're freaked out about what what they see as America right. changing. These people are freaked out by what they see in the video game industry changing. And, and once again, like I was saying on Twitter earlier today, it feels just like you said with the Tea Party. It feels like a basis of not, and not in this case, old white men. In this case, it might be young white men. But and it's not, right now, so and this, not yeah. all white either. Yeah, not all white. No, definitely. I, I got, you know, there, there's that. And there's women. I watched, people, women, I watched a Huffington Post Live segment yeah. with three uh, women who were supporting women. Gamergate. Yeah. For an but hour. the substance of their argument is still not and there. That's what it all comes down to, the substance like I'm not, of the argument. I don't have beef with your identity. Argument. I'm judging your argument based on your argument. And the problem is a lot of these people are or they're, they're matching up the identity with the fact that he's arguing, like that he doesn't agree with them. They go, oh, you don't agree. They're not seeing it as they're not, he's not agreeing with their argument. He's saying they don't agree with me as a person of my life and video games are my life. And then they go off the rail. And that's what I'm saying. Like this is, this is the most craziest, illogical, double speak thing I've ever seen. And that's why it's taken so long for a lot of people, including myself, to really understand what is going on. And it's and it's the amount of passion and anger and vitriol that you see. It doesn't make sense if you take it at face value that it's just about journalistic ethics. But yeah. if you really watch what they're saying, and I'm judging this based on firsthand sources. I didn't read that Deadspin critique and then decide I don't like this. I've been watching them directly. I've been clicking on all their links that they yes. say present their best arguments. I've been looking at all the mainstream coverage they say is sympathetic, like the TechCrunch piece, uh, the piece in Reason, that Eric Kane dude who I think writes for. I've been reading all of that. I've been watching Total Biscuit. I've been watching that guy Nero from. Bro- I know, I know all your stuff firsthand. And if I follow your logic to its conclusion, if I ask you what is the threat that is presented by these journalistic ethics issues, what specifically are you trying to prevent? What is the end result if this goes unchecked? The answer is they are afraid of a social justice agenda being enforced on their video game world that changes how their games are played. That's under everything that they say about these people have been talking down to us and judging for years. They've been enforcing an agenda. Some of them come right out and say it. Some of them don't come right out and say it, but they want to push back. They've been in a video game world. There was an insular world that never had any of this kind of scrutiny Mm -hmm. or serious thought about things like sexism or racism or violence. And times have changed. More people are thinking about these things. And just like the Tea Party is freaking out, they want to push it back. But they've gotten smarter than they were before. They've figured out that you can sway public opinion more effectively by framing it as a conversation about journalistic ethics and collusion and all of that. And I'm not saying all of them are doing that strategically on purpose, but there is a core that's been doing that. And Mm -hmm. because that demagoguery is effective and conspiratorial thinking is seductive, they've drawn in a lot of people who are buying into that sincerely. I don't think those people have ill intent or they're hateful. I think those people are being duped. I think think, they're being misguided. But I think we need to be clear about what's driving this. There's no way that this makes any sense unless you look at their own work. Go to 8chan. You can go right there and read their conversations. 
Go to that Huffington Post live conversation with those three women who are supporting the movement. See what they say when they explain what the consequences are. They talk about how there should be no place for a feminist ideology within game reviews. They talk about an outside agenda, a social justice agenda being put on the video game world. So that that's what this is about at its core. Yes. And that is some stupid, frivolous nonsense. It, and it, I, have, I have one more thing I want to say real quick, ahead. then my rant will be over. If I take them at their word that the harassment and the abuse is a separate thing that's not the core of their movement, if I take it at if I take them at their word that the harassment and the ethics are two distinct conversations, I think we need to be clear about what those two conversations are and what is at stake in each of those conversations. In conversation number one, the harassment, the abuse, we are talking about people's lives being torn apart, people literally moving out of their homes, mm -hmm. human beings being in fear for their lives because of these threats. And you can say all you want about it's just words, it's just hyperbole. Any of us who came up in hip hop has to have learned the lesson that it only takes one person to take those words to heart that we're all throwing around, turn those words into deed, and then the mother is in the church grieving their son or their daughter. And we will spend the rest of our lives thinking about how stupid and petty that beef was that we were calling just words. That's what's at stake in conversation number one. Conversation number two, somebody is writing a review of a video game that you disagree with. So when you're asking me to ignore conversation number one so that we can focus on the real issue, conversation number two, I'm gonna need more people on that. We need to stamp out this bullshit that's going on with people getting harassed and having their lives threatened and all these other supposed silent majority gamer gators are saying that they're down to help stamp it out. I hope that you are speaking the truth. I hope that's not just a PR move. I hope you are committed to that for the long haul. I hope you have learned that it's a counterproductive tactic. That's the one thing I'll give them credit for. They've gotten more savvy and more tactical, and they've seen that that kind of stuff is counterproductive for them. Mm -hmm. I hope you're going to be smart enough to recognize how counterproductive and how dangerous it is and stamp out that bullshit so we can have that second conversation about how frivolous and illogical your so-called journalistic ethics beef is. <laughs> So help me out. Get rid of that so we can talk about the second thing. And I'll shut you down on that too. Yeah, I I, I had other stuff to say, Jay, but I you know, I think I think you just pretty much covered it right there. You shut all of us down. <laughs> just as an addendum, it's not just threats. No, no, no. People's yeah, like no, people's be, yeah, all their personal right, information. Their yeah. social security number is put on the internet. Their parents' addresses and phone numbers. Oh, these aren't threats, these are numbers. actions. These are right. That but that's what I'm saying. Actions. And then and then I, it's not just like, oh, you know, 20 pizzas from 20 different pizzerias are being sent to your house. Like, your address is up on the Internet. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's there for, you know what I mean? They put like, naked pictures of Zoe out right. on the they Internet. They put doctor pictures right. of you, you know, right. something yeah. terrible they, happening. They're hacking people's stuff. phones. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's really ill ill stuff where people's lives are just totally it's not just someone on a keyboard being like oh fuck yeah. zoe whatever you know no it's it's really people's lives getting the, the, torn as 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 jay smooth said getting torn apart the thing is at the very small basic level say the social justice movement does 100 percent hit video game world and all the other stuff do you really think that that's going to drive games like the whole sexist quote unquote games or games like Halo and all the space pirate games and all that stuff. Do you really think that's gonna go away? No, I, I no. don't know. And I think no one sees that at the end of the at the end of the rainbow of Gamergate, do you know that these games are still gonna be here? No one's taking your games, your guns away from you. I mean, you. do you know how much money Grand Theft Auto made? That's not going anywhere. And then for you to attack 
you know, just attack that whole situation and even attack the marketing that helps pay for all this stuff. That that blows my mind. You are literally burning your own shit. And like the thing that really kills me, and you can at me on Twitter at DJ Ben I mean and talk to me about it because like today I just mentioned Gamergate. I asked a question and I my Twitter immediately blew the hell up and people were sitting there telling me that Oh, this isn't about race. This isn't about women. You know, and people, so the one that really got me, though, was just amazing, was my man said, video game review, you know, collusion, whatever, is a worldwide problem. Right, right. <laughs> I was just like, nah, bro, you know, like you said, the environment is a worldwide problem that we really need to deal with. You know, video game reviews, somebody, you know, taking a... I don't know, an Xbox for free to give a game, you know, a good review is not really like a big. And so many, so many of the things they're saying just reflect a complete lack of understanding of actual journalistic ethics. Yes. They made a big stink out of video game writers being on this private list serve. I think it was named Game Journal Pros, where people who write about the same thing talk shop with each other. Yeah. There's nothing unethical about that. Writers in all. Writers in all right. sorts of genres have lists like that. That's totally normal. You talk shop with other people. In the, that's not a conspiracy. It's not. I'm on a bunch of different lists like that. That's a totally normal thing. It's like somebody, you know, like I told, yeah. I told somebody else on Twitter today, you know, I still told people, old oh boy, stunk. You know, I got an umbrella for it. You know, I went to a press <laughs> junket. I'm yeah. like, am I corrupt now because I got an umbrella? Like, Look, man, come on. You know, but like you Only said, if you gave it a favorable review. It shows with the director. There's so many stories I could tell you about radio in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, it is. Man. Oh my God, we we won't even so get into it. So much bigger yeah. than what they're talking about. Insane amount. And it's not me. it's not a world crisis. There's always going to be some conflict of interest inherent to reviewing things that you love. Yes. You need to be a critical thinker when you consume that media. That's it. The sky's not falling. <laughs> GTA isn't going anywhere. Halo isn't going anywhere. Call of Duty will be Bayonetta, here for 10 more. This might be the last Bayonetta, but Bayonetta isn't going anywhere. That's the Bayonetta and, sucks. I, and, and I like all those games, yeah. by the way. I'm not some yeah. kind of ideological purist. Right. Hell no. <sighs> Grand Theft Auto is one of the greatest games Yo, ever made. That you is guys. a brilliant. Grand Theft Auto <laughs> Grand is, is a dope. brilliant achievement. It's brilliant and terrible at the same time. I love it. I won't stop playing it. But it's a. Br- I, I, I did finally stop playing it, I got to say. <laughs> I can't stop playing it. But it's a. Br- <laughs> That is a that, I know. that game to me is a brilliant artistic achievement. That also has horrible things in it. Yeah. When, when I beat somebody, like, to I'm not death an all or dildo, nothing judge of these things at all. I, I felt like when I actually beat somebody to death with the dildo in the game, I felt like <laughs> yeah. I felt a little bit of my soul. You know, I, I was like, I oh, okay, they, they went, a, they went yeah. a little bit of my soul. The part right there. where you got to torture the guy and pull his teeth oh. out. Oh, I was kind of. Yeah. Lost on that one. Yeah, all right. All right, folks. I think that's all the time. You know, we gave it more than one bar, but that's all the time we're going to give to Gamergate right now. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can find us on Fan Bros Show. Talk to us about it. We'll take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. What's up? My name is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing, I'm listening to the Fan Bros Radio Show, and so should you. And welcome back, fan bros. I hope you've been enjoying this episode. We talked about New York Comic Con. We definitely spoke about Gamergate. Shout out to Jay Smooth for his inspired rant on that. I can't even call that a rant. That was more like a a speech. That was more like a, a not a not a Unabomber manifesto, you know, not not a, not, not like the Gamergate manifesto. Hey, look, there's people supporting that that I like and respect. It's not a personal attack. Really? I just, I just think I you're wrong, man. I just attack. think you're wrong. Yeah, it's not personal, man. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. 
And uh, speaking of people who might be wrong, <laughs> man, there was some huge news on, you know, you would have thunk, you would have thunk, <laughs> thunk that this huge news would have come out over the weekend. But no, DC Comics is beating their own drum these days, as we oh. all know, DC Films. I mean, the comics are too, but films definitely, as we DC all know. DC Entertainment. Yeah, DC Entertainment in general is just a little wonky. And as we know, man, um, well, Monday, instead of this weekend at New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. Monday, after all the news had died out, I guess that might have been like their, a nice strategy. Point. Yeah, you know, like, okay, <laughs> no y'all, one, y- uh, y'all got all that news that y'all think y'all, you know, and now, boom, like, you know, here is laid out in the hammer. What? But it's really messed up when your hammer is Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Like, Come I'm on! sorry. Come like, on! you know, that's not mu- that's not much of a hey, hammer. We wanted him on the show. I lo- <laughs> hey, I know. Look, I, t- I guess there's no way to go around that. Sorry, no. Jason. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, no, I love him. You know, Cal Drogo, all that. You yeah. know, he ruled. I was hurt when he got killed on Game of Thrones. But to place, I mean, it's like they are placing their eggs in a fragile basket right now. Like, first of all, I mean, just give, the big news is, that DC finally announced all their slate of upcoming films. There's till 2020. Till 2020? To through 2020. And I have the list right here. Run it down. Okay. We have, number one, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, March 25th, 2016. Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Batman v. Superman, yes. Yeah. They have a Suicide Squad drop in August of 2016. Wonder Woman, June 2017. <laughs> Justice League Part 1, hint, hint, November 2017. The Flash, March 2018. Aquaman, July 2018. Shazam, April 2019. Justice League Part 2, hint, hint, June 2019. Cyborg. Cyborg. April oh. 2020. So they just beat Marvel to the punch with their with a, with a woman, with a female-led movie and an African-American man. Yeah. Wow, DC is really, I mean... You know, they got a lot of waivers. Oh, and then one more. <laughs> and, one, <laughs> and, one, and one more that they, they're going to try again. Green Lantern, June 2020. Not starring Ryan Reynolds. Not starring Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so the thing is, like, so the Suicide Squad have appeared on the green on the Arrow. Yep. And Flash obviously has his own, you know. TV series. So I, I just wonder, is it, like, how are they going to do, you know. They're not it, going to care, it seems. because like, that, And I think that's a big mistake. <laughs> I think so, too. And that it's like, you know. They looked at what Marvel did, you know, They Marvel built up this interconnected universe, and it's like, DC is like, we want one of those, but we're not going to do it like you just to, because we don't want to do it like you. It they seems want like, that cash. What you talking about? I mean, that too, they, they're they trying to get the cash first instead of like what Marvel did, you know, build up lesser known heroes and really make this universe they work. They're trying to profit, my dude. But they're also, I mean, Marvel profits. And see, Marvel went about it the right, it's like, it feels like they don't want to do it the way Marvel did, but to them people will say, oh, yeah, I just copied Marvel. But- Cop, it's like Kobe Bryant and Jordan, you know. Like when you see somebody they do it right, made the blueprint. Yeah, you Marvel, know, Marvel kind of made the film blueprint. Yeah, so, so. Just right, like but if they have made a Flash the TV show and a Flash movie, and there's two different people. I mean, there's been multiple Flashes, but I, I, I just wonder. But you know, it, it seems like a hot pile mess right now. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, movie, have anything to say about this? Well, I, I want to know who's playing Cyborg. Um, well, know? he was cast so far in Justice League. It's a random theater actor. I've never yeah. seen him before. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I feel that's like another, I'm just... That's another dude who's not coming on the <laughs> show right there. <laughs> no. But no, for all you know, he Half could blow that, blow that roll no, out the no, water. No, no, that, that, that drove unsaid. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely say that. You know, who knows? I'm happy to see a black superhero finally get a leading role. 
And uh, I read one thing that sounds like the craziest talk ever, but they said that for Suicide Squad, DC is looking to get Will, Will Smith. Smith. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise. Tom, yeah. No, no. no, no uh, uh, Tom uh, Hardy. Right, right, yeah, right, Tom right, Hardy. Right. Um, um, it was um, all just big super <laughs> names for like a B-rate team. I mean, like you know what? I mean, you it's saw like Will you know, Smith plays Bronze Tiger. Right, it was that like was they were, you know, like yeah, they won a Meryl Streep for Guardians of the Galaxy, and you know, yeah. I mean, but you Meryl Streep was great. Be picking names and throwing them in a hat like they gotta well, make sense, right? <laughs> like Meryl Streep made sense yeah, for I, that role. I mean, so. not really, but you know, no, they when, made it work. the way she did it, she, yeah, she made she, it work. I mean, she's Meryl Streep. She's gonna make anything work, you know, but. Will Smith will make anything work. I just don't think Will Smith is going to be like Bronze <laughs> Tiger is the role that I was born right. to play. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do the Matrix, so. Yeah, he regrets that, he though. Regrets he that definitely now, regrets well, that. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't, Yeah, right? but I seriously doubt he's going to regret not playing Bronze Tiger. I'm sorry. It's just not that, you know, it's Bronze Aww. Tiger, folks. It's not. It's just not that deep. But um yeah, shout out to DC. You know, like they they got a Wonder Woman movie. You know, announced they now have a woman led. You know, female starring role. Even if it's Gal Gadot, you know, it's it's you know she's Wonder Woman. We are gonna see how she works. She's out. Mediterranean at least. Uh, you know, at the very I mean, she's close. She's somewhere. You know, in that area. It's right. Don't, you know, it's don't work out. We gonna <laughs> we gonna see. I have faith. You know, I I'm not one of those people who have been dissing every. You know, like I like her in Fast and Furious. Of course, it's not that big a movie or whatever. But, I don't recall her role in that movie, ouch. but but um, no, no, I'm not, that wasn't a, that wasn't a me trying to be yeah. rude. Like I, I just don't recall that. Okay. But I'm giving her a chance for for Wonder Woman because she, like I said once again, she could really blow this out the water. You never know. And I and I'm a fan of Ben Affleck, so I think he's gonna pull off Batman. I mean, if Gone Girl was number one last weekend, I mean Batman v Superman. In 2016, you know, it's not a cake up. We already know. I'm gonna cake up regards, but gone. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Chico. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying, Ben Affleck opens movies, and oh, I don't yeah. think he's acting in another movie till then. No, he's probably directing a movie next mm. year. Yeah, and so then he'll be acting, you know, in, in 2016. That's all. Oh no, but he, he he opens movies. Oh, definitely. And you know, like I said, I like Ben as an actor. I think he's gonna pull it off. I think the older, grizzled Bruce Wayne that he's gonna go for. I think he'll be able to do it. So he's bat fleck until I see the film. All right, but you know, let's wait till we. You know, I'm one of those people who go wait till we see the film. But this is a lot. That's one thing I have to say. DC is really putting. You know, it's like, I mean, I really hope you know they get a great script and a great director and Jason Momoa kills it because I think physically, you know, look as Aquaman that is dope. I still think that's a great idea. Oh, I mean, of course, yeah, you know, of course. But you know, he's Aquaman, so they get a good script and a good director. We could have some magic there, you know. What else is going on in film news right now, though, Tatiana? Uh, Jim- oh, yeah. I mean, this is something you should be like <laughs> super hype about. Why would I be super? I don't understand why people think that like I was like this huge gem and hologram fan. Because you're a woman and you were like born in that you know era. So all women. I mean, if you look, all men born <laughs> in that era. If you're not a fan of Transformers, GI Joe, and Star Wars, I'm just trolling I don't, you. Ben. I don't I'm mess just with trolling you. you, Ben. I mean, yeah. Um, gem and the holograms gets a 2015 release date. Uh, for those who've been following it, um, it's actually going to be directed by the same guy who did Step It Up, or I'm sorry, Step Up, Step Up. I'm not sure if I watched those. The Step Up movies? Nah, you I, never. I've seen definitely it? seen Pitch Perfect, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. Oh, okay. I didn't expect you to say that, but okay. True story. <laughs> um, um, the story. The story was the gem story was rewritten a little bit because it's going to star much, much younger characters. So none of that like pseudo. 
you know, uh, heroin addict type right. <laughs> type female <laughs> band thing going on. So it's not going to be that serious. It's not going to be like a dark gem type thing, if you will. Yep. Um, and then so it's going to be less truly outrageous. Re- less truly outrageous, <laughs> I think. Just a little less. <laughs> I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chico. Outrageous. Oh, Chico. That was extreme. Um, ben, I mean, you put this up. Ryan Gosling has uh, some, there's some news about him. Actually, I, I, I don't know who put this up because I was just completely surprised when I saw it come across the ticker. Wait. But yeah, Ryan Gosling. So now he's linked with Marvel's Doctor Strange? Hey, girl. You know, like, <laughs> why not? You know? <laughs> hey, girl. Want to see some magic? Right. <laughs> like, why not? I mean, uh, out of Joe. Uh, did I get that right, Joe Queen? No, Joaquin. Jo- Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, he was. He was. He was up for Butcher. Doctor Strange. Yeah, out of him. I thought um, they was trying to make Keanu Doctor Strange. I heard that one too. Yeah, and I also heard uh, a guy from um, Fight Club, and now from uh, Ed Norton. No, right. uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, Mc- McConaughey? McConaughey. No, not McConaughey. Oh, Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto was also up for the role. Mm. Um, no, no. <laughs> Oh, wait, Jay Smooth said, nah. I like nah. Ryan Gosling. No, I like Ryan Gosling. I can't Ryan's see him cool. as Doctor yeah, no, Strange, Jared Leto, though. I'm not with that. Nah. Ryan Gosling, maybe. Poor man's Johnny Depp not doing it for you? No. Nah. See, I think Joaquin Phoenix would have been good. I think so, too. I think he was yeah, the best Joaquin choice. off his rocker a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's but what that you need is, Yeah, you need a little bit of that for Doctor Strange. You need Strange. a little, just a little bit of crazy. Just make yeah. it work. Gosling seems way too clean cut. I've never, even in Driver, I, I don't if, think he was like. If he's a good enough actor, he can make it work. He's a good enough actor. I think he is a good actor. I'll definitely give him that. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't see that one happening, though. I just, you know, it says linked with, but <laughs> that, that doesn't seem like that's really going to happen. Over in TV news, as everyone who listens to Special Delivery, which means everyone should be listening to Special Delivery, heard, The Walking Dead premiered to Breit's ratings records, once again making Ben Amin regret the fact that he no longer owns The Walking Dead. <laughs> issue number Every one. Time. Every time it hurts, it still hurts. I had that comic. Yeah, but anyway, it broke the ratings records. It was a huge episode. Actually, um, you know, as you said on Special Delivery and Kimsonian talked about, I thought it was definitely... One of the best episodes. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was written by the showrunner uh, Scott Gimple and directed by um, the, Nicotero. Yeah, the, who yeah. who had I think special did, effects. Yeah, with Day of the Dead. The oh, old, I mean he's know, a legend. Romero. Yeah, yeah so yeah. straight up and down legend. So it had all the top people behind it, and they you know hit it out the park. Now the question is, will they continue this streak throughout right. the season, or will they do a Walking Dead typically does and fall apart for most of the season and have a few of you know three or four or five great episodes yeah, here I and have there. No faith. No, you I thought last that? season did that less. Th- I think they, that each season has actually been, been better. better. Yeah, so, definitely. And especially since Scott Gimple came along, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually expecting. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. since Scott took over yeah. as showrunner, it's been you know pretty smooth sailing. We got Morgan making another appearance, right? So you know, let's let's be pretty good right now. Let's be pretty good. And uh, any other TV news? Um, it's TV Tech, uh, HBO. Oh, let us draw. HBO is going to offer their their streaming service outside of the cable package. So they're going to offer the streaming non-cable service in when? 2015. So peace to me and cable then is basically Peace to you me. and cable. Yeah. <laughs> they ha- what they haven't said, though, is is, is it's going to be as um, as much no as much stuff as on HBO Go. Like HBO Go, you can watch like every show. Well, and I thought that was the, 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 the point, to, to basically have the option of having a HBO Go platform. Right. 
but they haven't no said cable but news. yeah no i just the only thing being they haven't said you know if it, if they're going to limit what what's on the, you know like and in netflix you know things come they go yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I, I don't know that i just wanted to throw that out there i mean i'm not you know well everything on hbo goes owned by hbo versus right. when netflix they That's they true. have they license, license deals yeah, yeah, with yeah. other distributors yeah. so um, but I mean, I, I think that's great. That's great for people who want to, you know, unplug from cable, who are not about that cable life. And I think it'll be, it'll, as long as the price is right, it'll be a good, uh, good feature. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. All right. So that's it for TV news. So it's time for my favorite segment of the week. Comics I Copped. And boy, man, we had a huge week. Like we've been talking about all show at New York Comic Con. I, I can't even say, you know, what I caught because it was just comics upon comics upon comics. You got, like, loaded with comics. Yeah, man. I want to shout out Boom Studios. I've actually never read any of their books, and I got a book by them. Uh, yeah, you know, I had my – I'm honest. <laughs> At you know, you're honest. No collusion here, folks. You right. know, I'm not <laughs> sleeping with anybody at yeah. Boom Studios, that's for sure. Yeah, I got one of their books, and um, it's a book called Polarity. And we, I definitely want to get the creators on here as quickly as possible. Mm. It, it's an it's amazing like book. Yeah, I, I finished it. It's a really, really dope graphic novel. It's four issues long. It's about this guy who goes into a coma, and when he gets out of the coma, he starts exhibiting, like, telepathy and other mental powers. Mm. And it can only be, like, um, because he's bipolar. That's why it's called polarity. And so mm. only drugs make his powers, like, go down where he doesn't have them. So it's an interesting four issues, you know, very dope art. And yeah, that's one book that I just really want to big up is Polarity Boom Studios. Go check it out. I like um, it. Concrete Park. We also had an interview with the creators of Concrete Park. You'll be able to check that out on fanbros.com. Shout out to Aubrey over at Dark Horse for putting me on to that book. Also a very dope book that features people of color. Mm-hmm. Crazy book about, I, I mean, I, Concrete Park's weird. Like, I thought it was about a, the hood. And then by the end of the book, I realized it's a hood on another planet that's more like a prison planet where they sent all the undesirables from Earth. So very dope book. Shouts to Erica Alexander, our very own Maya. Actually, Maya Davis actually interviewed her for, yes. for uh, fanbros.com. Yes, very much. And, you know, as people know, Erica Alexander is from uh, Living Single. Mm-hmm. and Next. Yeah, and The Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it bugged me out when Maya posted the picture. I'm like, I just You're finished. like, oh, that's who you want to talk to? Yeah, I'm like, I just finished <laughs> reading the book. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, yeah, I know this girl. Maya's like, oh, yeah, from TV. And Erica, like, oh. wrote, Erica wrote, uh, yeah. writes Concrete Park. Yeah, she right? writes Concrete Park. So, yeah, definitely shout out to Concrete Park. Erica Alexander, you know, that uh, that uh, interview will be up on fanbros.com. And like I said, one last one, Um, I met, you know, my two, I'm huge fans of them, Jamie McKelvey and Kieran Gillen. I got to meet them this week. They're very cool people. They also said they're coming on the show, and I got to get their book, Phonogram, which was their first collaboration together before Young Avengers and before uh, The Wicked and Divine. And I've been reading through that. Very dope book. If you would like any of their other stuff, go pick up the graphic novels insane you know they i mean they're just two of my favorite creators pretty much anything they'll do from this point on i'll be reading so definitely dope and that's comments i cop for the week awesome yeah i really want to read that polarity book the polarity book is really interesting i'll I'll bring it to you so you can check it out yeah it's short four issues very dope and so that's it for comics i cop so it's time for tech talk with tatiana yes and this week is very exciting for Chico Leo, because he wants to know all about the new iPad. Woo! So Woo. excited! Not really. Um, <laughs> the, the presentation was a little light. It was a little thin. Um, sort of like the new iPad. Sort of like the new iPad. <laughs> boom. 
Um, the new iPad, which is now called the iPad Air 2, which is the sequel to the iPad Air. It is super thin, the thinnest tablet in the world, according to Apple. It is as two, two iPad Air 2s stacked on top of each other are thinner, way thinner than the original iPad. Wow. Why did they go with an like iPad A2? You know, like, uh... Dawn of Justice, you know, no, like, you know, like <laughs> Judgment Day, you know, or something, you know, something like that. A two, you know, iPad Day. I don't know. I'm not gonna get too much into the dirty specs of the iPad Air two, but just know that it is faster, it is better, it is stronger, and it will kick any other tablet's ass, according to Apple. Um, the iPad Air two also features Touch ID. Now you'll be able to unlock your iPad with your fingerprint. It also allows you to use Apple Pay, which is the new payment service that Apple announced um, uh, last month and the months before that and the months before that. And they also announced a new IMAX. They announced a new 5K resolution standard. It's basically supposed to be better than any display you can ever see in the world. Other than like looking at you know with your own eyes at, at life, you know maybe looking it's up from your computer life, sometimes. Ben, I, mean. I guess so, right? It's better than life, Ben. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, for those who care, um, also the new iOS eight point one will be out on Monday, as will OS X ten Yosemite, all out on Monday, both free for download on from Apple dot com. And they also finally they announced that Stephen Colbert is their um, Apple's new chief of secrecy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Apple. You multinational, multi-billion dollar corporation trying to be cute. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) yeah. But that was the major news today in tech news. Um, And are you going to get an iPad now, G-Girl? Well, one of these days I might get an (laughs) iPad and I might get that one. I mean, this is it right here. This is this is all I got. I got this and a, and a, and a five year old iMac. Oh. So I might need to upgrade, need iPad, upgrade, iMac, mo- okay. upgrade. Well, or or I might just get the iPad. You might need to sleep with somebody who works at Apple to get that. Right, exactly. You know, I and mean, then review it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what it seems to be the trend these right. days. <laughs> yeah. All right. So is that it for Tech News, Tatiana? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break right here, and we'll be back to wrap up this episode of Fanboy. Yo, this is your friendly neighborhood Mega Ran with a special announcement. Make sure you're following the Fan Bros Show on iTunes, subscribe, on Facebook, like it, and on SoundCloud and Twitter, follow it. Let's go. And welcome back to this week's episode of Fan Bros. Again, we want to welcome special guest Jay Smooth, again, hip hop blogger and social commentator extraordinaire. You can yeah. say legend. Legend. Yeah. I, I, honestly, based on that, the, the, the speech you gave earlier, you're pretty legendary. Uh, we'll see how I feel about that speech in another couple of days <laughs> of social media. <laughs> Your timeline going to be effed up. No, all our timeline is going to be messed up. I'm gonna go in tomorrow on this one. I'll, 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 I'll forward them all to you. Thank you. At DJ Ben I mean. I said everything I have to say. All right. All right. So, you know, you know a little bit about, about geek culture. And, a, a little and, bit. And you can say I'm a retired geek. You're a retired geek. I'm so. like I'm a politics <laughs> geek now. You're okay, you're a politics geek. And you know, obviously but there is the correlation between hip hop and geek culture yeah. and vice versa. Why, what do you think that hip hop can learn from the geek community? I mean, you know, I don't think there's necessarily a dichotomy between them. Mm. Um, I mean, and I think that's something that's underrated in hip hop's history. If you, there's a great uh, documentary 
I forget the name of it, something about our founding fathers, that the premise is they're showing how hip-hop didn't only start in the South Bronx, but also in the other boroughs where people like uh, Flowers. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it necessarily proves its case that these other people really started hip-hop, but it's an <laughs> incredible oral history of the, just that like primordial soup that gave birth to hip-hop. And what you really see is what hardcore like gearheads and tech heads all those early hip-hop and pre-hip-hop DJs are. I mean, there's the obvious they were plugging into the street light and figuring out how to make a turntable and instrument, but there's so many other innovations that had to go on like, uh, for them to get all these sound systems to work. Yep. Like, there's so many taking things apart and rejiggering them that went on back making then. Making cue switches, making faders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And when one of the guys, I think his name is Plummer, one of the main DJs from those early, early days, he became like one of the people that started, uh, I think, developing Unix. That's what he started doing after. Wow. After he was DJing back in those days. So that's like that's, so that's why I've always kind of resented things like nerdcore rap, even though I like some of those artists. But this idea that bringing nerdy energy into hip hop is like you put the chocolate and the peanut butter together because that's hip hop has always been a haven for nerds. Nerds, hell yeah. From the earliest days. Yeah. So I, th I think that's something we should reclaim. I'd have to think about what we could learn from the modern traditional sort of uh what, what people think of as nerd culture today i think that's a good question i'd, I'd have to meditate on that okay also wait can i just throw in a lot of uh, early yeah. graffiti culture definitely yeah. uh crossed over with comics oh, like, there were yeah. a lot oh, of yeah. Oh, oh yeah a lot of uh yeah, there's graffiti, always been you know, references yeah. to that stuff yeah. all you know the time, you could right? tell those guys were definitely reading comics and 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 yeah so and to me like i i was a big Kung Fu movie, Hong Kong movie head to me. Right, that right. I, I think of that as a nerd thing, which, is, yeah. a big, which yeah. is a big part of my cultural background. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I have another question. You, you like, you become pretty. You know, well, one of the things where I first encountered you from was your video blog series, and what really inspired you to start on that journey and just to you know keep going and just to speak in front of a camera. I mean, obviously you've been doing radio for years, but what made you say I'm gonna do this and you know do it the way you did? I mean, I had been in media. I've been doing the radio show a long time. I had been blogging for quite a while at that point. And when I started doing my blog, the phrase hip-hop blog didn't even really exist yet. Like, I was one of the first people who kind of established that concept. Most definitely. And it was like me, Hashim Warren, Oliver Wang started pretty early, Jeff Chang, yep. um, Lindy Johnson, and a few other people. And it kept on growing until it was... A community that was small enough that you could really be exchanging ideas and having cool conversations then a couple of years after that so many people were doing it that you had to rely on shock value and other things more and more and it wasn't real like it wasn't the same sort of community that i had been drawn to at first so i kind of got sick of it and of course after that it just became who has the newest mp3s so it didn't matter anyway so i kind of i had kind of lost my passion for it and right around that time video blogs were becoming a thing. It's funny because my friend Miss Info, she, she might not have been Miss Info yet, she was writing for Vibe at this time, she called me asking for a quote about this new thing, video blogging, and I thought it was the stupidest idea. <laughs> I was like, video? So now you're not just gonna write boring things, you're gonna look <laughs> and sound boring? This was about a year before I started. So, <laughs> But about a year after that. Oh, a year. I, what try a difference. <laughs> I tried it out like 2006. I started playing around with it. I was, oh, you know, I see a lot of potential here. I started playing around with the editor, seeing what I could do. And I felt like it would be a good challenge. As someone who's only been doing radio and is kind of introverted, like forcing myself to be on camera and get comfortable with that. And just the challenge of 
saying something I believe in, making it compelling, and having the visuals and all the audio come together and work in unison to get the message across. Like it was a a bigger creative challenge than I'd had before that I found really rewarding. And once I started doing it, it really struck a chord and sort of became the most fulfilling work I've done. Yeah, most definitely, man. Like I said at the top of the show, you know, when I first started, you know, getting into blogs, I was coming in right, as you said, right when it was starting to get overexposed, you know, because I remember. And that's not to disrespect. There's been lots of good hip-hop bloggers since then. Yeah, most definitely, even since then. You know, there's always great, you know, it's diamonds in the rough or whatnot. But when I found your videos, I was like, oh, my God, these are amazing. You know, you had the dope editing. I ran up on you in, in front, in front, out in front of Fat Beats one time and just to ask you how you did the editing mm-hmm. because I just thought it was so amazing. And um, recently, or I was watching one of your videos, uh, Rules Women Need to Follow. Yeah. And it got, I think, over a half a million hits at last check or something. And it's it's like, what was what inspired that? What was the reaction to it? There's been so many incidents <laughs> involving how women get treated online that I can't remember which thing it was just a month ago, <laughs> to be honest. Something was going on at that. Oh, you know, I think it was uh, when people were leaking all those photos of the celebrities uh, and then they were trying oh, to oh. act like it was the women's yeah. like, well, fault for taking a naked picture or don't, something. Well, don't have a private life if you want to have privacy. Okay, <laughs> wait, okay. Don't don't use the media. Don't don't use the technology everyone uses to share everything with each other. If you want to have anything that belongs to you, so uh, yeah, so I was angry about how that was playing out, and I was—I usually take a long time on videos, like it could be three or four or five. Like the how to tell someone to sound racist, I spent like five days. Oh, that was a classic. Getting group. that exactly yeah. how I wanted it, but this list of rules for women—I did that whole thing in about two hours because it was just such a simple, clear. Oh, I just wrapped up. So it was, it was because it was just such a simple, clear, ridiculous point, and it. It's what, like, you never know. I'm equally angry in every video I make. You never know which one is going to take off or not. That was one that just people latched onto immediately and blew up. And that's that's why, I, you know, I started out just talking about hip-hop more often than not in Ill Doctrine. But whenever I would veer over into other social issues, it would usually strike a different chord and go further. And I don't, I don't always measure by how many views, but how deep a connection it makes. Like, what sort of comments do people make yep. when they talk to me about it is what I, I care about the most. So I've seen that, you know, like, there's, yeah. there's the same five hip-hop arguments we've been having for 20 years. Right. And there's not that much at stake, like we were discussing before. You know, I, it's... it's a more rewarding challenge to me to try and take the lessons I've learned from hip hop about how we need to be able to, uh, you know, d- disagree about things. Like, cause as a hip hopper, there's lots of things that go on in hip hop I disagree with, but I still love the culture and the people I share the culture with. So I want to be able to talk about that in a way that respects my connection to them while saying, I don't like what's going on in these lyrics or what have you. Mm-hmm. So I like my, my mission has become taking those lessons I learned from my relationship with hip hop and applying it to how we talk about politics. It's like I said this on Twitter the other day, you know, when uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, what's the name, Iggy, were beefing or whatever they were doing. I feel like hip hop has become like, you know, it's like the drunk uncle. Like you grew up with him, you know, so you mm. love him. Yeah. But you're just like, yo, dude, can't you just get it together? You yeah. know, and he's like, nope, you know, more 40. You know, so it's like you just feel like, all right, uncle, you know, go on about your way. It's frustrating. And there's always lots of beautiful things going on in the culture as well, especially if you're connected with, with whatever's going on grassroots in your city. Like I was a part of this uh, this organization, Urban Word, that trains these young uh, poets. And it, like it's not direct. They're not directly emceeing, but it's clearly hip hop influenced. Um Wait, wait, uh, tell us more about yeah. that. Yeah, well, it was this really cool event where these all these teenage poets would come on stage 
and each of them would do a poem like they were each like 17 years old or so and then one of us as sort of an elder would give a response to the poem and all of the energy they were bringing was so incredible and there's so many things like that i did a teaching artist thing out in the bronx um where i got to bring in tracy 168 one of the original Mm. graffiti legends Mm. to talk to these kids and i would have never known that these eighth graders in the Bronx were as keyed into graffiti as they were. But as soon as I brought it up, they all had their little black books that they brought wow. out. And getting Tracy 168 to come and talk to them was the most exciting thing. And in eighth grade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's sort of like hip hop, as we grew up with it, is still alive all around if you can find where to cultivate it and connect with it. Most definitely. That's good to know. So what else are you up to these days? I'm the same old thing, you know, freelance me, looking where I can collude and be corrupted, you know. <laughs> I've been I've been hating and get on, a free Xbox. I've been hating on Gamergate pro bono, but now I notice checks floating around. Right. For I'm, real. Trying, I'm trying to get in on right, this. Right, for real. I hate on Gamergate all day. Like <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know there was a hookup. And tell I'm, tell me where to send the invoice. Free video games. Yeah, in, NBA two K fifteen, anyone? Yeah, I love that game. It's awesome. But yeah, you know, I mean I'm I'm getting the videos in when I can, doing the radio show show every Friday night, WBAI 99.5. Um, Friday nights from 10 to midnight, I come on right after Chuck D, so it's a nice uh, hip-hop nice, lineup. Nice. I work in with uh, Race Forward and Color Lines, um, helping them do their Race Forward, uh, their racial justice work, which is really important. You should check colorlines.com every day. They're a great news source. Oh, thank you. And I should be starting a new partnership soon to be giving you a couple of videos a month. Nice. But uh, that's, that's still in the, if you know, if, if, uh, Eight Chan doesn't sabotage that by doxing me. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of our interview section, but now it's time for the brap segment. The rapid fire question. We have Jay Smooth in the house. Are you ready, sir? I don't know. I'm going to try. All right, well, we're about to find out. Number one, Black Panther or Power Man? Oh, Black Panther or Power Man? That's, mmm. I got to think about that. Um, wow. I don't, that's difficult. You know, I, I have an affinity for both of them. I saw Quillay Chris choose Black Panther last time, so I'm gonna yeah. give power. I'm gonna give Luke Cage equal time. All right, that works. That works. Okay, Falcon or War Machine? Um, see, I'm old enough that I have much more of a connection. War Machine's already a little after my time, so I'm gonna go with Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. Uh, Nino Brown or Scarface? <laughs> I gotta go with Nino Brown. Scarface is is overplayed. Yeah, overrated too. All right, um, Magneto or Professor X? Magneto or Professor X? Um, Which I don't, movement do you follow? Uh, that's a good. I got. I, I gotta go. I, I gotta go with Professor X. I gotta go with Professor X. Oh. I'm, I'm. I'm. I guess I'm a moderate at heart. All right, Martin or the Cosby Show? I gotta go with the Cosby Show. Yep. Classic. Star Wars or Star Trek? I have respect for Star Trek, but I definitely grew up as more of a Star Wars head. Of course. And like, it, and people will be mad. Like, I, I've had people, like, like a woman I was dating said, uh, you didn't you didn't watch Star Trek, but you seem so smart. Wow. I don't even be saying that. <laughs> and I'm the Star Trek head here. I don't know. And, I, and I've come around to watching it since then and developed respect, but I grew up on Star Wars. Word up. Uh, the Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, The Wire all day. That's not even a conversation. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? My favorite Wesley Snipes movie, I guess I go with Blade Two. 
Man, that, right. that is like the universal choice. Steven Universe said. I, I wanted, you know, <laughs> New York yeah. Comic Con said Blade 2 was his favorite. Yeah. I, I wanted to pick something more like Passenger 57, but that's the honest answer is Blade 2. Yep. All right. Your favorite video game? My favorite. Are we talking about ever, ever. modern? Modern, old school, whatever. I don't know. I mean, you know, I grew up on, well, I, first of all, you know, Atari 2600, then I had the ColecoVision, then the Commodore 64 was my main thing. I could pick out a lot like Bard's Tale. All of those kind of D and D style games from back then, um, but for the last few years, I've been playing Skyrim constantly. And wow! I, yes. And I just got a new like. You I was, still playing it now? Well, here's the thing: I only had it on console. I had it on the Xbox because mm-hmm. my laptop wasn't strong enough. But I just got a new laptop, so now I get to start playing it with all the mods. Oh, you're doing a PC version. So I've been coming back. I'm in the, the what do you call it? The master race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was in that game heavy a couple of years ago. I'm not doing it anymore, but yeah. So it, I had stopped. I had I had put the Xbox away because it was taking me away from actual life. life. But once yeah. I got the P, and I was I swore I was going to use my new PC only for work. <laughs> I'm surprised you're here now, not playing Skyrim, because Skyrim literally took you out of life. I know. I know. And once you open up that whole world of mods, and that's and that's staying away from the adult mods. I'm yeah. talking about the. No, I know you're talking PG. about like. Changing the di- dragons to be traumas to tank engine type thing. Type. Yeah, no, I know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I keep it. No, I, I stay lore friendly. I oh, okay, okay. All right. All right. Well, I have a question. What was the video game? Since you're you're from my era, what was the video game? You know, now I'm talking about in the arcade. You play with the quarters where you were climbing up the building and people were throwing flower pots at you. Do you remember this game? Does anyone remember this game? I feel like I know what you're talking about. You're climbing about. up a building like an Empire State Building, and everyone's opening windows yeah, and throwing yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. down I used to, at you. I used to play I know. that. It's definitely yeah, yeah. like well, see, a. Court. It's probably not what you were talking about, but I was thinking Rampage. No, it's not Rampage. No, it's not. I know what he's talking about, but I could yeah, not remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play that. Right. All right. Well, Good. Uh, Gauntlet was my main one. Though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Elf needs food, food badly. badly. Yeah. Valkyrie is about to die. <laughs> um. So who would you cosplay as? <laughs> <laughs> who would I? Ca- I gotta think about that. Hmm. Who would I cosplay? Who's like? Is there some like really, really light-skinned superhero? I am <laughs> mad you said light-skinned. <laughs> um. Who? Hmm. And then when you try and think about right, it, right? You, yeah, like you would think it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not as easy I, as it seems. They don't have to be light-skinned. They could be any color. Who's you cosplay as? Who is I? Oh man. Who, who or what? I'm trying to think of someone that's not obvious. Um, who would I cosplay as? Um, uh, I can't think of a. Who, well, who was my? I would be uh my man Puck from Alpha Flight. Oh, that's dope! Wow, that's wow, that's dope. the first time I anyone like said that. Yeah, that's really dope. <laughs> and I because you didn't really know where he was from, and that's that's my experience. You can't tell. Yeah, and I I don't think I've ever even seen a Puck. No. Yeah, cosplay either. So that that's a good I could one. do that next year. I could be Puck. You could be you could be Puck. Definitely. Just got the one the bodysuit with the yep. big P on it and you know Simple. and a bathing cap of some <laughs> sort. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and uh, if you had to choose between Emmanuel Lewis or Gary Coleman. <laughs> I gotta go with Gary Coleman on uh-huh. that one. All right. Um if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? If I could have any one superpower, what would it be? Uh, man, what was what was the question? So, if if you could fly or you could be invisible, is that the the standard one? Standard yeah, is people. flying. Yeah, I, flying. It seems like it would get boring real quick to me. I don't want like I don't like the reading minds seems good. Like what's what's something that I could use 
to make the world better and make myself financially secure, but people wouldn't know that I was doing it so I, so I could still have reading a private minds. life. Yeah, I reading feel like minds. reading minds is the thing. Yeah, definitely. And controlling minds would definitely seal the I don't, I don't want that. That's too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to think big, Jay. You got to think big. <laughs> All right. Well, you've survived the BRAP segment, and you've survived the Fan Bros Show. Uh, let the people out there know where they can find you at. You can uh, check me out on illdoctrine.com. That's where I put up videos, hopefully more regularly coming real soon. Um, and just look at look, J-A-Y Smooth. Um, just put those names and you'll, you'll find all my social media. I'm easy to find. And WBAI 99.5 FM or WBAI.org every Friday night at 10 p.m. EST. So anything else before we get out of here, Tatiana? Damn it, damn it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, once again, shout out to everybody who is at New York Comic Con this past weekend. Do remember to check out fanbros.com for all our coverage, which will be extending as we roll it out over the next week. Shout out to everyone on the team who is there. Tatiana King, Chico Leo, LYC, Ty the Robot, Maya. Captain Kirkisha. Captain Kirkisha herself. Yeah. Thank you to all y'all for making the experience awesome. Also, thank you, May Rose. She helped as well. Of course, you know, you know, from her space pod out in the wild, she definitely put in some work. Thanks to Mike Tyson. Thanks to Mike Tyson. Thanks to Michael J. White. Thanks to everyone we met and interviewed. Thanks to Ultron. Michael J. White. Okay. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> I'm the butcher of names. This is what I do. This is what I do, folks. separate the fan bros